The Turntable Teachers Podcast is sponsored by Haven Barber Studio. Fellas, getting your hair cut doesn't have to just be another thing that you have to get done on your to-do list. You also shouldn't have to wait hours upon hours in a waiting room or receive inconsistent grooming services. I've been in this position before and been in many barbershops across the greater Boston and North Shore areas of Mass, and trust me, they all pale in comparison to Haven Barber Studio. Haven Barber Studio is not your typical barbershop. This is not a place to simply get a quick haircut. They believe that getting your haircut shouldn't be considered a chore, but rather an experience that you look forward to. This is a sanctuary for the modern man to come relax, chat, and receive the best grooving services possible, along with some of the best hair care and styling products on the market today to make any guy look and feel their best. Log on to HavenBarberStudio.com or follow them on Instagram at HavenBarberStudio to book your next appointment today. That's H-A-V-E-N Barber Studio. And welcome back. I'm Mike with another edition of the Turntable Teachers. Class is officially back in session. And happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I hope everyone's had an awesome New Year's Eve. And we, of course, are back with another year. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us from last year. Any new followers and listeners to our show. We have a huge year coming up, and I'm really excited for it. But today, on our very first episode back, we're starting off with a guest speaker. And guy we've had to have on, we've talked about it, we've teased it for a while. And uh, he's finally here with us. I got Hero in the studio with us today. Hero, thank you for coming in, bro. How you doing? Oh, it's my fucking pleasure. Um, I'm doing great. It's a great day to be alive, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear that, dude. Yeah. Really happy to hear that. So, um, it's fu- so I'm, like I said, I'm really glad that we were able to do this. So, I feel like every time myself or you wanted to do this, either you were busy or I were busy, and I was like, oh, damn it, but we're gonna, yeah. I, I knew for sure we were going to get you in here. So, again, like I said, I appreciate you coming down. Yeah, no problem. Um, so the first time that I actually met you, uh, I was at, we were at the Sonia and that was for Washi's show that I've talked about a couple times on this show. It was so funny because you had DM'd us like a day or two beforehand and I hadn't, I hadn't gotten back in it, uh, responding to you. And then all of a sudden I hear, you know, and now coming on the stage is hero. And I'm like, he sounds familiar. How do I know that? Went on the phone and luckily enough that was, he was like, oh shit, no way. I was like, and then obviously got to meet you and stuff. So one thing I want to say is, first of all, you can fucking spit, bro. Uh Like anybody, any of our listeners that don't know Hero, this man has a very old school 90s boom bap sound and it is like vintage as fuck. And I love it. And being an old school hip hop head. It made me so happy to see you go up on stage and do an old school hip hop uh, set. What made you try to like get into old school? Like why, why old school? I just like samples, <laughs> and and my mom was always listening to to old school stuff, and I don't know. I guess I just gravitated towards that because that's what was always playing. You know, if that makes any sense. Oh, but, for sure. But yeah. you know, I was I was taken to a lot of old school shows. I went to a Gangstar show when I was really young. And um, I was like fucking five when I went to a Gangstar show and I saw Guru and I saw DJ Premier at the Middle East and it was it was fantastic and and I I pretty much knew at five years old at that point that that I loved hip hop and I and I and I 
love scratching and I love samples and that's just it's just been like that ever since yeah I'm a big sample guy too that's like my favorite kind of, of hip hop for yeah. sure and so, you, so you're a Gangstar fan so, how, so I gotta ask you how you feel about the new, the new Gangstar album the, uh, I've talked about it a few times and, and every time it's a, it's a little bit of different opinion I think the album is fantastic I agree I think DJ Premier's production is always near flawless but I don't consider it to be a Gangstar album it's a guru album produced by DJ Premier. It's just, it's, you can tell that I get so like personal about this because I, I love them so much, but guru always had a vision about how he wanted things. And this was not his vision. I agree because you know, I think the problem with the Gangstar new Gangstar album and while I love it and spoiler, it could or it may or may not be on our list week that we're going to do. I, I love that album that much. And at least a song from it definitely will be on on my list week for sure when we when we talk about the best songs of of and albums of this year when Cody and I do that. But I thought there were too many features. I'm just gonna kind of be blunt about that. I, I think that was the biggest drawback. But my argument, I guess my counter argument or devil's advocate to myself was always, did Premiere maybe not have enough from Guru maybe to like make a full project like enough left over to the point where like they needed to get guest features that, that, that's kind of my thought there but I'm, I'm with you I think a, a normal Gangstar or Guru album doesn't have that many features for sure yeah. it's just him you know what I mean in the song Family and Loyalty right yes which is a dope song one of my favorites Guru's first verse and Guru's last verse you can tell that they are recorded at two different places at two different times the flows Engi- engineered by different. two different people and you yes. can tell that that they pretty much were not supposed to be on the same song and I think that's why they had so many features because the very few songs on that project that have two verses on a guru, they're, they're not consistent. Okay. So I feel that's like Premiere definitely had to, had to go and grab some help for the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Know? I mean, I'm, I'm overall like, I don't know to be complaining. Like I'm happy that they did another Gangstar project yeah. because like I like I know we thought we were about to talk about this a lot. We were talking about this earlier that how much we just both love old school hip hop. Like that was one of the really the genres that I got into mostly when I was when I first started hip hop. That was really I started with Outkast, and I've said this on the show a million times that I started with Outkast, Speakerbox, Love Below, went backwards, started with like Eminem, uh, Eminem Show, went backwards. You know what I mean? Then found all this old stuff, and then that's when I went off and found like you know Nas, and then you know Gangstar especially yeah. like all the old stuff man is just ugh, moment of truth is it's like great. one of the best albums of all time no i mean then the really first is. first album i ever first vinyl record i ever bought was hard to earn you know and oh, there's so many good songs on that and that's thing. so good code of the streets what else is on that one i can't even remember now there was another really f-a-l-a good F-A-L-A's fuck around lay around do or die <laughs> yeah dude no oh, mass appeal oh mass appeals off that mass that's appeal right. mass appeals obviously one of their best tracks yeah. too I, I, man, I love yeah Gangstar is huge yeah I, I'm not I'm with you I, I love the album I think it's really good but it it, it doesn't have that cohesive feeling no it doesn't it just feels kind of like I don't think it's Premier cashing in on Guru's death at all well I it's 16 years later yeah. I think since they dropped an album or even 17 it might be even more than that because I don't know the exact I don't think it's it. like DJ Premier twirling his mustache in the studio trying to get more money you know but I, I, agree. I just think that like did this have to happen? No. But is it nice that it happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to have more Gangstar. More Gangstar always works for me. And I, I don't mind going back to the old stuff. 
but when you have some new stuff, it's always nice too. And, and, and for one thing, like I guess um, I was watching an interview or somebody else that was reviewing this maybe, and they were saying that bad name, some of the lyrics too, you can tell that he made that song like very early 2000s. But it's funny how reminiscent, how kind of history repeats itself that you could technically use that to today i mean it makes sense you know what i mean yeah with all these new rappers coming out here and kind of just yeah not really no because because yeah. guru was he was 10 years older than biggie you know and oh, when, yeah. when mass appeal dropped you know a few days earlier fucking juicy dropped you know he was always like the the grandfather of hip-hop even though he was blowing up at the same time as you know biggie and nas and tupac and stuff like that but they were all so much younger than him yeah you know, right because yeah. he was yeah I, I forgot that it took him a lot longer to like really pop yeah and I mean No More Mr. Nice Guy dropped in 1989 you know which was the first Gangstar project yep and um I don't know he's just he's been grinding for a long time he's dead but he's been he He was was. grinding for a long time oh absolutely yeah and he I mean clearly obviously a legend yeah Um, from Boston too though Roxbury Roxbury yeah even though he he didn't he didn't represent it as hard as I think he should have but I know because he ended up going to what was it New York York, he was in New York for a while most of his career, but yeah, yeah res- that's so crazy. That's so crazy. You went at five, so your mom just took you. She was just yeah. like, "Let's go, let's we're going go." To- yeah, that's awesome. What else did she like listen to when you were growing up? It was it was a lot of old school, a lot of New York stuff. Nas, Biggie, The Locks, The Locks. Yeah, that's yeah. Jada and uh, Styles, Styles P. P. Yeah, oh she man, Gluch. dude. Oh yes, yeah, she lot. You know, I always forget about she Gluch. Out of the three I say it, I say it wrong every time. I don't know, <laughs> dude. Trust me, like you. Obviously, any of our. I'm viewers. a big fan, but I don't know how to say it. Oh, we do. We had a we had a band, um, Ole, and I'm not kidding. That we we've reviewed. We we met them. Like we went to their show and like got drinks and food with them. Like really really awesome dudes. Shout out them. And but we were we were saying their name wrong for like four or five episodes. We were pronouncing them Owl, and then we were saying Ol. Like we still we were still fucking it up. Like so, yeah. it's Ole. We finally figured it out. But yeah, no, so I'm, I'm the same way. Which is ironic. I'm English teacher. I should know. How to pronounce things, but yeah, yeah, same thing. But (laughs) but besides that, I mean, like, I love Prince. I love Michael Jackson. I love. um, I just like atmospheric instrumental poppy stuff from the eighties. Eighty stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the eighties is super influential to. I mean, I mean, obviously that's kind of goes without saying, but to today's music, the eighties, I feel like it's really coming back. Like you even hear it in a lot of pop and soul now. Yeah, like especially with a guy like The Weeknd, right? It's just for example. He brings in so much of that '80s style influence, and, and that that was really popular. But it's, you know, with that modern feeling to it, that modern mm-hmm. vibe, but still pulling from a lot of those those influences. So, pretty crazy to see how, like, again, like how we kind of regurgitate yeah. these types of things. Uh, so, your album, well, as at the time we're recording this, it hasn't quite dropped yet. But when that time this comes out, your album will be out, and I definitely want to talk to you a little bit about the new album that you have coming out. And or like I said, available now. For, <laughs> by the time you guys all hear this on all streaming services, what's the name? Of, what's the title of the album? Maximum Carnage. For what reason? Um, well, so I met this producer named Sixteen Bit Spit, and he is fucking fresh. <laughs> he I don't know if you've ever heard of the Shift. They no, do it. They I do haven't. it. They do it at Union Sound Shop. It's like twice a month or something, which is in Somerville. Okay. And um, Billy Loman owns it. And um, he he did a couple tracks for terminology and stuff like that. Uh, the shift is where they is where they get a producer and they make him make beats for eight hours and however many beats he can make, it goes on a tape. 
it goes on like a little mixtape and it goes out to stores and it's online and you can download it. And I was listening to the shift because I was just getting into the local scene, whatever. And I heard 16 bit spit and I lost my fucking mind about how good it was. Okay. I got to get this producer now. So I stopped whatever, stopped the third, the real third album I'm working on. And I was like, I need this guy to make, to send me all the beats he can so I can just rip them. And it's the first time that a project is solely produced by a different producer. Cause I do a lot of my own stuff. I don't do everything, but I do a lot of my own stuff. 16 bits, but he's got all the beats on this. It's nine tracks. One's an intro. So I guess it's eight tracks, nine tracks, but eight real tracks. So for the album, it's going to have so about eight. I don't tracks. know. I don't know if I want to call it an album. I mean, my, my first Project. album had 20 tracks. My second album had 20 tracks. And this one has nine. I don't know. Is it an EP? Is it an extended EP? I don't know. I, well, it's funny now. But I, yeah, that's a good question. We've, and I've had this conversation on the show with Washi before. I've had this conversation with Zafir on the show. Shout out those, both those guys about like what kind of constitutes as an album I mean I think if it has anything more than eight songs seven eight songs I'd consider yeah. it an album we'll, but call then again, it, we'll call it an album call it out. yeah but then and, yeah but then again like a guy like Kanye right a couple years ago he's putting out all those seven song albums with like remember like Nas's and Pusha T's his own and the one with he did with Kid Cudi like those were all seven tracks yeah. you know the, uh, the Tiana Taylor one like all those are seven tracks you know but I don't know. I don't know really constitutes an album per se, but yeah, you can call it an album. So I got, it's called Maximum Carnage because he's 16 bit spit and he's got a lot of video game influences in his music. Okay. And I'm hero, right? Maximum Carnage is the, is, is the only superhero game on the Super Nintendo that isn't strictly like Batman or Superman the game. It's a Spider-Man game where Spider-Man and Venom beat the shit out of Carnage. Huh. And so that's what I named it after. And so that's kind of funny. Okay, because Hero is your name and like and all those 16 are 16-bit spit. So I decided oh, wow. we'll just go with something superhero video gaming. That's dope. And um, That's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and the album cover looks just like a SNES cover and the back cover. And, I, and I've kind of been promoting it in, in this way where you're not buying an album. You're buying a video game. And you are going to help Hero and 16-bit spit defeat whack rappers in the city of Boston. <laughs> <laughs> so and, that's so that's kind of the concept of yeah, this of the this concept project. is and then like every every track is a level and and every featuring artist is a playable character and dude it's heck yeah and i'm hoping that this isn't the last project we work on because i just want to keep expanding upon it but um, well that's like a really unique thing even though you're taking this like quick little detour from like the album you were had said you wanted to make this opportunity came up and like so so like why not you know what I mean yeah. and this concept's really dope no he I, he's too good I, I can't I can't miss this up I haven't heard him so I mean by the time this comes out obviously we'll all, I mean, I'm sure I'll be bumping yeah. this like crazy but. I dropped a, I dropped a new song two weeks ago called 16 and he produced that one and okay. that, that one's on the project and uh, I've been doing it live and it's super fun to do yeah this new project it's awesome and it's the first time I've I've actually gotten featuring artists and I figured I'll just load it up you know who's on who's on the project I got I got a lot of people I got 10 people on it Really? But only four of the songs have featuring artists on it. I have Greyhound. I don't know if you know him. We follow. Yep. I've had He's a couple of back and forth with man. him. He's a really, really nice dude. We yep. are going to be working on... I, we just dropped a song called Rowdy last month. Okay. And we're doing it. We've done it live a few times. And we're actually we're actually thinking about working on like a Star Wars theme project. That's sick. Yeah. We're thinking about calling it Rappers of Terrascasi. There's a video game on the Nintendo 64. I think it's called like Fighters of Terrascasi. It's one of the worst fighting games ever. 
but we're thinking about calling it Rappers of Terrace Kasi. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I fuck with that too. And uh, so I got Greyhound. I got Young Steen. I got Libsy. I got XL. I got Lucid Stubbs. I have J Faith, JQ, Woodson, Evan Ryder, and Philly G. Okay. Awesome. And I don't know any, any of those guys. I, I won't, I won't oh, say, but you'll hear about them. But, but I'll hear him. I'll hear him now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, by the time, like I said, this yeah. is, I, I'm, I'm excited for this thing. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think the concepts, like I said, that concept's really, really dope. Yeah. And, um, like my, f- it's cool to be doing stuff that isn't like, I don't want to, I'm not reinventing the wheel, you know, with my music. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm biting a lot of sounds, which isn't a bad thing because that's, no, what, it's that's what hip hop is, but it's cool to be doing something that isn't just like, let me do it like he did it or let me do it like they did it. This is like, I'm going to do it like I want to do it. Right. And that's not something that I've ever done for too long of an amount of time, but it's cool to be doing that. Yeah, it is hundred percent. No, and like I said, I think that, and it's nine. So I'm in the same boat because I think with, in terms, I know we're talking about like, how long is it really an album should be? Like for me, I think nine to fourteen, fifteen at the most tracks is plenty because of how much music's out there to consume. I think that and people and just also just people's, uh, I feel like attention spans aren't quite there to like the point where way back when I mean we were talking about Gangstar I mean your albums are 20 tracks but so we're Gangstars back then were 20 tracks but the difference is you were going out you were buying that album and you were spinning that friggin thing yeah like all the time and I, and I think I think Russ has fucking figured it out where whether you drop a single or an album people are gonna like it just as much you know and if you drop if you give me 12 tracks and I really fuck with you I might like half of those tracks you know, the other half might be it's like possible. the other half might be like, eh, they were they were cool, but like I'm not putting this on my playlist. Exactly. You know, so then all of a sudden that 12 track album turns into six tracks. You got it. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, you we all do that. We but, all. Just, but with yeah. Russ, when he's dropping a single every month, you have no choice but to like that one. Right. You know? Because that's all he's got out. No, that, yeah. that's totally true. That because you do that. I mean, everybody does that with albums. I mean, I, I do it all the time. Where it's very rare, I think that you know I always keep every track. Yeah. in a playlist or on my rotation from an album after I listen to it. After you listen to an album a couple of times, you're constantly just picking the ones you like. There is not a single album on this planet where I longer than 15 tracks where I like every track. It's not... That's, it, that's it's, fair. I can't name one. Even Illmatic. I don't like One Love. I don't like Street Dreams. I don't know why. I just don't like those songs. Street Dreams isn't that off of um, um the, the second one? No, I think that's off of Illmatic. It was written. Oh, no, no. That one's a... It was ugh, that one is it was written. I don't like One Love. One Love, you know what? I I don't know why I don't, but I don't like that song. Yeah, the sample he uses on that's a tad flat, and I think that the hook is a little bit bland. Yeah, comparably speaking to some of the other ones. I mean, like, but then when you have a track like the one AZ is on, which the name is escaping me at the moment. The one that life's he, a bitch. Life's a bitch. Life's oh my god, think I don't know how I missed that one, but like that hook is so captivating where you're like. Holy shit. People talk about Illmatic having no features. Like, what about AZ? AZ worked his yeah. ass off. Oh, on absolutely. That track. AZ was on two of those cuts, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He was on that one and he was on one more. I can't remember. I'm going to make but, an Illmatic. It's going to have no features. Which, yeah, like I said, that makes no sense. I mean, the only, like, there are artists that can do that. Like, I know J. Cole's done that a few times, but I mean, why, why is that? Like the 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 brag there, where it's like, oh yeah, I had no features. Like, who cares? Like, if the album's good with features, then the album's good. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna look. At, I I'm curious how many other because AZ obviously is on it. I think the original release of Illmatic 
doesn't have any features, but if you do, if you go to like any remastered versions, I think all the features are present. Yeah, but I could so be wrong. It's only AZ, but and he, I know he, I know he only does a hook and a, and I think he has a verse on that song too. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, I don't know. Who cares? Like the album's good. Yeah, if the album's good, it's good. I mm-hmm. mean, there's not just because there's features on it doesn't make it better or worse I think you know I think it depends I think that I think if you get the right features yeah, no. it can enhance your and, album and I wasn't like and it wasn't a situation where like I have to get this guy and this guy and this guy I left a lot of homies out on this project because they just weren't fit for it they just weren't fit for the beats that I had and I feel bad but I don't feel bad <laughs> well no because you have to under, yeah you, that makes a lot of sense because you have to understand the type of track you're trying to make and the overall album you're trying to make and if it doesn't yeah it doesn't fit what you're thinking then yeah, and I mean, thankfully, every everyone I reached out to that I wanted to get on the tracks got on the tracks, and it wasn't a situation where like I had to three point this track in the garbage because it didn't work out. Which I feel I feel like happens a lot. Yeah, I would imagine a lot of artists that we talk to and that I've talked to, I feel like that they say that a lot. Yeah, it's just like I just can't use like that's the homie like they're dope, but I can't use that. But that's, but that's good because at least I think the honesty of that is more important than yeah. just like trying to please everybody in your life. Because sometimes that's just life in general. You know, it's not going to always work out perfectly for everybody in every situation. Like, it's okay to just be like, hey, man, that that verse didn't work with what, I, what I'm doing. And it, it just is what yeah. it is, you know. And, and I got a couple verses on certain songs for this project because I did reach out to a lot a lot of people. And some people did get cut because I just felt like they either didn't deliver or it wasn't exactly the fit that I wanted and I feel bad because like I wouldn't want someone to do that to me but like it's the truth it's yeah yeah and inevitably probably will happen to you at some point too I'm sure and I feel like it happens to everybody every all artists it's just the way the way it kind of goes I feel like yeah what's your favorite song on the album um Jesus you had to pick one and I was probably tough because you probably like have a personal connection to all of them in some way i think right now it's um it's rbay which stands for right back at you okay which is the hook is basically right back at you from mob deep oh wow but um it's a good song and i got i got libsy i got xl and i got stubs on that one and it's just it's a banger it's an aggressive mob deep type song and it's it's dope and i don't know if you know anything about me but my first project i had a mob deep um sort of uh Mob Deep influence song, and then the second one where I had the thing, a song called "The Thing About Me," which was pretty much my R.I.P. Prodigy song. And now on this one, I have this one. So I try to like, I try to just do projects, and I try to pay homage to the people I like, and I, I try to keep it consistent. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. It makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I didn't realize you were a Mob Deep guy either. I know I knew the I knew the Gangstar thing because I had heard you talk about that on Amir's podcast. Yeah. So shout out Amir, another another great guy. Uh, and, and great performer too. We were talking about that. I think air. I think my three biggest influences are probably Royce the Five Nine, Gangstar, and then Mob Deep. I think those are my those are my big three. Sometimes it changes. It changes on a day to day basis, but that's what it is right now. Royce is great. It was great to see Royce on the Gangstar album too as yeah. well. That song is fuck. That song's killer. Um, awesome dude. Well, one of the things I want to talk to you about too that I noticed when you were performing, and I was with Zafir when we were watching you perform. And he, when I was, I was saying like, I was like, oh, you can really flow. Like, and you got that old school, like those, that punchline double time flow that you just kind of fill in there. And I was just so like, I was like, damn, like what he's doing 
is crazy. And Zafir was even like, dude, yeah, like you don't understand like that breath and like voice control that to to rap like that is very 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 difficult. So well, first of all, I just wanted to commend you for that. Yeah, thank you. And so, what kind of? So I wanted to ask because, and I always want to ask this with with artists, but especially with you because the the way in which you rap. Yeah, and I, it, and I do it. I do it authentically too. You know, I don't do a backing track. It's just it's just raps. That's what I loved about it too. You had none of that, like none of the reverb. It was just straight you. Is did it take a ton of practice for you to like be able to kind of like like have the breath? Like I said, the breath control, the voice control to like rap like that because I can imagine like that can be tiring. No. Well, when when I record something, I mean, sometimes I got to do it a hundred times to get it right. You know, so I mean, I'm yeah. always practicing. Plus, I'm doing five shows a month when I first started doing shows um, l- let me back this up when I record my first two projects I had no intention of performing any of the songs live I didn't have the confidence on myself to even step on the stage but so when I recorded them I did it in pieces and I do I would do like I'll do eight bars and then I'll do four bars and I'll put as many words in because I'll just punch it in. I don't have to worry about breathing. And then when I went to do it live, it was like, holy shit, I can't breathe. You know? <laughs> that was my question. No, that's why I asked so, it because that was so crazy. I have two versions of songs. But even on this newest project, I try to do everything in one take. I try to write it in a way where I can do it live. But for the older stuff, I kind of had to when I do it on stage, I kind of have to cut words out to make sure I can breathe. You know, if that makes any sense. No, it, but, it absolutely makes sense. But with my flow and just putting as many words in there as possible, I have like a bulldozer flow and I'll just hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you and I won't let up. You know, in my music, it's just like high energy throughout until it stops. There's no breaks. It's yeah. Just bars. Yeah, you totally, I don't know if you get this a lot, but you, you gave me like a um, like an eight mile battle rap vibe yeah. when, I was, when I was seeing you flow and seeing you perform. Like that's how it felt to me. Especially, like I said, with your energy, like the way in which, like, even just like your cadence, even even just like the way in which you rap, like it seemed like if you had, I could picture someone in front of you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It was so funny because even Amir says to me, because we he was next to me at some point too, uh, when you were performing and he was like, he was like, bro, he's like, Hero would put me in a body bag. And, like, <laughs> but, and actually, you know, it's funny, Washi said that too, because we were talking about I had no idea they said that. No, it was so funny. Hero will put me in a body bag. I don't know if that's the exact quote. Maybe it was either him or Washi. One of the one of the two that I talked to when we were all talking about you, like they were both saying the same thing. They were like, "Yeah, he can fucking rap. Like he'd wrap circles around me or put me in a body bag." One, it was it was one of those types of things. Either one of those guys. It wasn't always that. like that. I was never really good at rap, but once I started to make beats and I started to understand. So in junior year of high school, I just I didn't rap at all. I just, in freshman year and senior, in sophomore year, I, I was making like little tiny Eminem ripoff raps and I wasn't that good. But in junior year, I started to make beats. I took, the, I didn't, I didn't rap all year. I spent one, I spent all year writing a rap and making it perfect and trying to make it perfect. And I was making beats at the same time. And that's when I figured out how, how to be a good rapper is by huh. making beats. If that makes any sense. Because I learned that you, you place words on instruments and that's how you get it to flow well. You know, right? Like a certain word or a certain part can pop with the right kind of instrumental yeah. behind it in certain places. No, you know, it's it's funny. Like, be, I had another producer who I, I think I want to link you guys up. Shout out B Leafs because like his his production is a lot old, more old school driven, and I think you guys you guys yeah. make a killer track. No, together. and for my third album, I'm my third album. 
my next album, I'm just looking for, I'm looking for beats. I don't want to make all the own, own stuff, but I, I want to get a lot of producers together and just make something awesome. Well, it's like we were talking on air about just like the collaboration part. Like it's yeah. not only good for other people to collaborate with yeah. you, but it's, it's good for you. It helps you grow and helps you can help. And I feel like you, you, you will be challenged with getting different production. Like one of my favorite rappers is Big Crit and Big Crit always rapped on his own beats until like his debut Def Jam album once he got more people on and he had an interview he was talking about how it was such a growing experience for him because he was able to get completely different perspectives in the studio. Like it's total, you know what I mean? And like get that, get those different yeah. beats. But um, Believe's my, my, my a guy we had on the show very early on, you know, maybe in the, in the summer, shout out him. He was saying like making a beat and finding a time to get the and, and figuring out the verse. I mean, it's a lot like a math equation, really. Like you're trying to figure out like it's a puzzle piece. It's really like one of those, yeah. like either whatever, you know, analogy you want to use or metaphor, but it's like, a, like essentially a puzzle piece trying to, trying to put all those pieces together to make it kind of be one cohesive thing. Yeah. So I can imagine that that's crazy though, that you started making beats and then got into and rapping. And then got good at rap. Well, no, I was always into rapping, but I wasn't good at it until I started making beats. Because you understand, you understood maybe melody better and understood like cadence and, yeah. and pacing potentially better. Before, I mean, it sounded like I was just like writing a rap and then just trying to find a beat to go with it, you know? But but actually being a part of the puzzle, it, it definitely helped to make a good song. Definitely helped that. So your voice reminds me of, and I'm, I'm curious to see if you've, if you've heard these. Did you know the Conan Linguists by chance? Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. You, you, your voice is very eerily similar to No. Okay. I feel like, for me, I, 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 when I first heard you rap, that's where I immediately went. I was like, he, who does he sound like to me? Like, or who, what is his voice? Like, it reminded me. And then I went back to kind of linguist, another like dope boom bap, old school sounding, yeah, group that I love. So it's just it, that's why like listening to you brings me back to all the old stuff that like. I've been neglecting for years because I haven't gone back to it nearly as much. Like you just pay homage to all those those '90s and thousand two thousands cats, and I, I I fucking love it. Dude. Yeah, I really do. I mean, whenever I make a song, I try to I try to think about like n- n- not like who can I who can I rip off this time, but it's like who can I pay <laughs> who can I pay homage to this time? You know, on a Mission Hill, I have a song called "The Come Up," and that's kind of like I fucking love Ed OG, so I'm just gonna make a song that's kind of inspired by Ed OG. You know? yeah. So yeah, I, I think the other thing we were talking about too that I think is awesome that you're doing is the six, 60 second things. And I, and I reviewed the 60 seconds before Mission Hill. Those are super cool. And I love those, man. And so what kind of gave you the idea to start doing the 60 seconds? I don't know. I, I was just kind of like talking to my friend. And I was just like, I like, and he wanted to start writing raps. And he was like, what's the hardest part about writing raps? And I said the beginning and the end. And he's like, well, why do you have to do the end? <laughs> I was like, I guess you don't have to do the end. And then I just, I don't know. I just, I guess the idea of 60 seconds just came together as like, I'll just rap for 60 seconds and cut it whenever, you know? And I don't think it's an, it's probably not a super original idea, but you know, it's no, I mean, but in, in its own right, like it's, I think we were talking a little bit of this too. It's like, you're not putting out a single to promote your album no. and giving away like a potential song. It's just like, just like bars. A, just bars, right? It's just like, hey, like, and 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 again, I, I think it's probably fun for you to like rap on all these, all probably your favorite. I mean, I'm sure these are probably beats that you and songs that you've grown up listening to yeah. and loving. Like on the 60 Seconds Before Mission Hill, you had Fuji's. You had who else? Were I had most deaf and I had Dre. Dre, yeah, most yeah. deaf, dude. Yeah, Mike, most deaf is one of the most underrated 
rappers of all time, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like the ecstatic is like incredibly underrated and for as an album, in my opinion. Like I love most Def. No, now most Def could put me in a body bag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's so many rappers that like like, oh my god, you're dope. Like people tell me I'm dope, but like, no, like that guy, that guy could put me in a body bag. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's cool to like have that know that in the back of your head, but then also have that potential like yeah. Uh, that goal to get to that point, you know? But when I'm rapping, like when I'm on the mic, I'm the greatest rapper alive. That's what I think. You have to have that mentality. Yeah. And if you don't, what's the kind of the, the, the point there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're not rapping to be great or do it, or not even rapping, just doing anything to be great at it and to be the best at it, like why are you doing it? Because if, if I could have all the confidence in the world in you, but if you don't have any confidence in yourself, then it's just not going to get done. Yeah. You know? So that's that's really the big part part yeah. of all that. So on the next project that you're gonna drop, what do you is that gonna be conceptual? Are you thinking because it sounds like this one obviously that you just just dropped is quite conceptual. So are are you into like the conceptual albums or are you just kind of like whatever kind of comes to you or mix of both? When I dropped Roxbury in 2018 and then Mission Hill in 2019, I I named them after places in Boston because. Not only do I, I love Boston, and, and I think that I was inspired by those certain sections to make those projects, but I was also struggling to find something that gave me an identity, and I think with this project, it definitely has given me a sort of conceptual idea. The goal was to call this one, the next one I'm working on, Roslindale, and then kind of drop it on the 10th anniversary of Guru's death. That's probably not going to happen because I'm really behind. <laughs> but um, I don't know where I'm going to go. You know, I think that now that this project is is out, now that you're hearing this, but now that you, before, I'm just, I'm just thinking that I don't know where I'm going to go. And I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out. But okay. it's going to be good music no matter what. Yeah, for sure. You were also talking to me a little bit about, you do quite a lot of shows, huh? I do quite a lot. I've done over 50 in the last six months. I played my first show six months ago. DJ Dugas was the DJ. <laughs> and and I like Dugas, but he's not my first choice of DJ. But I like he's a good guy. I wouldn't pick him for my shows, but I like Dugas. He's a good guy. But um I did my first show and I was super awkward. I was just like in the back with a microphone at Sonia. <laughs> super awkward. Oh so, oh, so you had done a show at so- That was your first my show first, at Sonia. First time I performed, I was at Sonia. No way. And it was like six months ago. And like the transformation from then to now is is huge. And that's like six months. The first show at Sonia didn't go go as well? I think it, it went well. I, I mean, I, I did my thing. I spit it authentically. People told me I had a good job. But like I could definitely tell that like I was not confident in myself. And I didn't realize how much I wanted to... Like, I dropped two albums. I dropped an album, and I thought that I wanted to be a fucking rapper. But I didn't realize how much I wanted to be a rapper until I actually got on stage and did it. How is it different than, like, just an album? Like, like, how, like just making an album? How does, does it, does it kind of give you the more of, like, see, like experiencing it firsthand? Is that more... It's, it's, it's giving the music to the people. You know, if I drop something on Spotify and then go back to my hidey hole, that's not, that doesn't benefit anybody but myself. You know, I... I have to go out and I have to hand out cards and hand out CDs and put up flyers and, 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 and be an extension of myself. And that's where I get my, that's what I'm happy about. I like doing it. Yeah. I know. Like you said, you're, you're connecting with people and I think it, 
in the, in the way in which you rap, it's so in your face. And why, again, I haven't seen you six months ago, obviously, but when you started, but to see you recently, yeah, I think you have some great confidence. And that in, beatbox thing, it was not planned. That, that was, oh my God, that I was not planned that. at all. I was just like, I was talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to see if anyone in this audience can do it. And just and now I do it like every show. I just see if someone in the That's audience knows sick. what's up. Yeah, because I I it didn't seem staged to me or like you had planned it for it or anything like that. And the guy you picked didn't. He was hanging out. I think he was one of Washi's buddies. Yeah, he was one remember. of Washi's friends. But, which is hilarious that that you just did. It. So now you do that at like you've been doing that. At every I've been show. trying to do it. It's not. It's planned to me, but I'm not like like hey yo, come to my show so that, you can beatbox. That's gonna it's be like, the guy exactly. Yeah. So, it's just like if anyone's there, just come help me out. How many uh, how many people have come on since? It's been like five or six. Oh, so it's a pretty good it's amount. It's been pretty then. cool. But I've, I've played 50 shows since March, something like that. That's incredible. And, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a wild ride meeting people, hanging out. What's like your favorite show you've done in the last six months? That Washi show was pretty cool. It, 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 was, it was cool. Because it, it wasn't cool until I did the beatbox thing, I felt like. I felt like people were like, yeah, this guy's dope, but like... I'm here to party with Trevi. And then when I did the beatbox thing, they were like, this kid's fucking fresh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it made it seem like it was, again, you're interacting with the crowd. Yeah. And I love when artists do that. I think that's super important. Rather than just getting up, doing your thing, and then getting off stage, the interaction piece is awesome. Yeah. Because I, I, I try to play songs. I don't like doing a lot of personal stuff on stage. Some people do. But I feel like those songs don't benefit the crowd at all. Um, I try to pick songs where I can do like when I say this, you say that, or like so like here's the hook, sing part of the hook with me, or stuff like that. And I feel like those songs go much better. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the crowd interaction yeah. is is a big piece of that, and 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 it kind of fulfills that connection you have with the with the with the people that are in the audience. There was no way that that washy crowd was gonna was gonna do anything with me unless I brought one of them. <laughs> there was no way, and I I saw that. Just because the well, yeah, because the the type of music you guys make is just incredibly different. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I think when I do that, when everyone like Trappy Jones and Little Windex go on before me, and then I kill it with the old school stuff, it's different, and it makes people remember it. You know, and that's kind of it's not my yeah. goal, but I I think that that's that's what that it's definitely a positive I got going for me that I'm I'm different on stage, even though I'm not inherently different as an artist. Right. It, it's it's still rap, but there's not as many people doing the boom bap old school sound as much in this day and age because it's just not the wave it's not what like the general population is listening to but instead of conforming to that you're just like nah i'm gonna do what i like the type of music i like to make and i'm just gonna fucking do it and i and i think that that will whatever and however big you get that authenticity will end up being your calling card at the end of the day when you're able to sit down when, when this is all said and done at some point in time and say, hey, like, at the very least, I didn't sell out. I was authentic and I did my shit. And that's the type of people that we want to have on this show and, like, the type of people we have had on this show. Like, it's just yeah. people that are sticking true to, like, their goal, their dream, their who they are. And I think that's the biggest thing, knowing yourself. If you don't know yourself, it makes it very difficult to then be your best potential of who you could be. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Man. For real. So that Washi show is cool. What's another show that's that was really awesome or like a memorable moment for I, your um, show? I opened for Palmer Squares oh, a couple wow. cool. a couple weeks before that show actually. Leeds Leeds Entertainment has been putting me on. 
I don't know if you know who they are. So Zafir was talking a little bit about them they, when he was on. A lot of times I play shows, right? And like, there's like one or two artists that just suck. It's like, why would you pick that guy? Like, he sucks. He's got no stage presence. His music is outdated or it's he's just rapping over his own vocals or stuff like that. He's lazy. But with leads, they don't fuck around. They will put the best. They will make sure the lineup you're on fits you perfectly. You know, and they put on fantastic shows. Yeah, so I've uh, I've seen them too. I Washington. And I went to a show with uh, that Ryan Carveo. He's more of like a R and B. It's like a mix between like a like a like a Kid Cudi and the John Bellion. If yeah. that makes sense, like some kind of mix in between the two. But he's with Leeds as well. And Washington was telling me a little bit about them. And then same with Zafir. He he's uh, he was mentioning that that they've worked together as well. Um, they seem like a pretty big, you know, pr- uh, promote. They're, oh, they're, so they're they've like been doing it for 15 program. years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, they just put on a sold-out Young Ma show. And they're doing, oh, wow. they're doing everything. They got, they're doing multiple shows a week at the Middle East. They got that place locked down. I like the Middle East, dude. I think an underrated place in Boston to see a show. Yeah. I think Sonya's awesome. It, it's you know. my first choice. Yeah, you, know. you you like you like. I like Middle the East. Middle East, yeah. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I like that in the House of Blues. I think those are like the two places I mm-hmm. definitely like seeing shows. We're, we're a big Paradise Rock Club. Uh, we're we're big, big Paradise Rock Club people here too. Yeah, we like that spot too. Yeah, for cool. sure. Don't I've be. never played there. I want to. Yeah, it's a good it's a good spot for for like a show. It's it's I think those intimate locations. I think Boston's good with that. It has a lot of very intimate locations, where and and, and venues where you you can really like be up and close with the artist yeah which is super dope that's why that's one of the perks i like i try to figure out ways that i can like be a better performer without like i don't know starting a mosh pit <laughs> you know because that's not the kind of music i make and then i i watch videos of like Nas and jay-z and royce and other people like and people doing the the boom bap stuff and they're not much different they're just on this on they're just on the mic ripping it and people love it and that's what that's just what i've been trying to do you know yeah, heck yeah. Um, so, in terms of Boston artists, so who? So, I've had this conversation not only with you, but like with a couple of other like people we've had. Like the Boston music scene, very underrated. There's more talent here than people understand for sure. Uh, who in Who in Boston do you have you liked, enjoyed working with, or want to work with, or are a fan of, like? Even not only just for me, for any of our listeners that are from the area. Yeah, when you talk about Boston, is it just strictly Boston or is New? Or well, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, yeah, yeah, or the side, Um, yeah. Philly G is dope. He's from Dorchester. Uh, He's been making music for a little bit. He just opened for Chic Luch in Manchester. Oh wow! Uh, I was actually in the in a contest at Rap Night at uh, the Shashkeen. I don't know if you've heard about that. I have not. Uh, Every Sunday they do Rap Night at the Shashkeen in Manchester And they are single-handedly keeping New Hampshire hip-hop alive Because it is a dope spot to just rip the mic And it's all authentic MCs You know, there's no no trap stuff there It's just real hip-hop And me, Philly G, and like eight other people went up there To do like a contest to who would open for Chic Lotch And the person who would be the best fit Would just would be it would be it and he was the best fit to open for it and i i killed it he killed it everyone else killed it but he was the best fit that's so awesome and he's dope zafir's dope rex is dope terminology is dope 
There's so many people that I could name. Uh, Slane's killing it. He just dropped a new project. Oh yeah, Slane. I always forget. I always forget about Slane. He was in. Um, he was in the town. He was in the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. My dad. What... My dad's like, who's Slane? I was like, Kevin. The town. Kevin. <laughs> the town. <laughs> ben Affleck. Yeah. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah, he's the. He's Put the, the weapon down, Coughlin. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you. I, one of my buddies never. He he told me that in college. He was like, "Oh yeah, like Slane. Slane is if you don't time. know shit about hip hop, you won't know that Slane's in that movie." Right. I had I had no idea until like when my buddy told me. Like I said, a couple years ago in college. So you said you were just recently in. Um, so Manchester, Manchester. Like I always. That's kind of another underrated. New spot. Hampshire hip hop is so different from Massachusetts. I don't know if anyone's ever told you about this. Nope. It nobody. is. It is all love up there. Love and hip hop. There's no competition. All authentic MCs. They're just up there ripping it. And I love really? it so much. Manchester, I d- I've done a couple shows in Portsmouth. It's just, it's a dope place up there. So there's a, so the, the new, I didn't realize the Love and hip hop in New Hampshire. I didn't know that. Did not know that. It's a dope place. We've only normally ever talked about Massachusetts rappers on this show. I've never really gotten to yeah. New York. I mean, excuse me, New Hampshire. Or, well, not New York either, but, or... Providence, like even the Rhode Island. Spot, I don't know too were, much about Rhode Island. But you, you just you did. You said you'd done a show in Providence and New York pretty recently too, right? I did. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was what was it like going out to like cities like New York and, and, and Providence and playing? Well, in New York, even though there's like eight million more people there, <laughs> yeah, the roads are so well organized that it's not a shit show all the time. Oh, we were talking. Yep, I've, <laughs> I've agree. I was just there a month ago, roughly, and it's just yeah, it's nice to have all the all the streets nice and lined up, like. You, you if you take a wrong turn, yeah. you're just going. And Boston's street. like, what if we had a nine-way intersection here? That would be great. <laughs> and then a bridge that goes over it and under it, and yep, yep. yeah. And if you got to turn around, it'll take you like ten minutes <laughs> off your course. Like it's insane. Yeah, Boston's insane. I love Boston, but damn, does it suck? For the, those <laughs> types of things, are yeah. terrible. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. How is it playing in New York and then playing in in Rhode Island? Providence is a beautiful place. Again, a great city. Great city, yeah. Um, I hope hoping to do some more stuff in Providence. I'm hoping to get into Rhode Island. Um, I'm just trying to travel. I mean, it's the first time I've I've ever been out of New England. Was going to New York. First time I went to Providence was the first time I went. You've to never Rhode been Island. out of New England. That was your first. I time. don't go anywhere. That's wild. So what? So okay. So that so that must have been a crazy experience. Yeah, was, even more so. Yeah, and I don't mind driving. Like I'll drive an hour, two hours for shows. I don't care. Some people won't even be like. Some people won't even drive a half hour for a show. It's like, why are you doing this? Yeah, if you're not gonna put in that kind of time, I'll drive. I'll drive eight hours to go see a show. I don't. I don't to be in a show. I don't care. So where where in New York did you play? It was the Bronx. Okay. And what was the show, what was the show like? Did you, who'd you open for? It was a grind mode cipher, and I was part of a grind mode cipher, and it was pretty cool. I don't know if you know grind mode cipher. I don't. I mean, I know obviously I know what ciphers are. This but guy named this guy, this brilliant artist named Lingo. He's from Providence, Rhode Island. He's been doing these grind mode ciphers, and they've had people. You got to check it out. I would love to. But they drop like a couple ciphers a week, and it's all over the place. I mean, right now they got a Las Vegas series running, a South Africa series, a Miami. Jeez. I was just in the one that I did in New Bedford in August just dropped in uh, November. Okay. So, I mean, they're all over the place. That's really cool. And, I mean, uh, Token's been in them. Flawless Real Talk's been in them. Dude, I love Flawless, Slane's been in them. Terminology's been in them. Jordan Lucas was in them, even though you can't find him anymore because he made him take him down. I really, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. know. Nobody knows any info about that, but interesting. Well, Flawless was just the runner-up for um, what's it called? Rhythm for, and, for flow. and Flow. Yeah, he it, 
that's how he kind of started to get noise was through Grime Mode Cipher. I did not know that. You know, because because I, I know he did a he had a song with Jada Kiss. He was He's in a like... cipher with uh, it was a cipher with a couple people, but it had him, Joel Ortiz, and Token. And they oh, were all in one cipher, and it was it's dope. Well, Token's another Boston guy. Yeah, he's from Salem. Yeah. Sa- oh yeah, that's right. He's a Salem guy. And then, uh, yeah, Joel Ortiz, Slaughterhouse. Yeah, that's that's another. That's a like a pretty good. I mean, in the hip hop realm, that's a name. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, dude, I, yeah, Flawless to me. Flawless, I think when this comes out, Flawless's project will have already been out too. But he's as of right now, I think it comes out in a couple of days. And um, he was great on. on I don't know. Did you watch the show? Did you I watch the show? I liked how he bodied beans. <laughs> I thought that was like it was funny because the only matchup in the site in the um not the cipher in the uh the rap battle that I was pretty pissed off about was when D Smoke had to go against Old Man Saxon because I loved both those guys and I yeah. was like, damn, one of these guys has got to go. But I you, you, beans held her own, but you knew like she was not. I feel like Flawless. Flawless was the only person willing to go personal. He got very. You know who else got really personal though was Ali Tominique. Yeah. To Ariane, he got yeah, wicked personal with him too. But I feel like Netflix was like also holding them back. Like you can't say racist shit. You can't be sexist, and and so, and there wasn't really much of that. No, nah, none of it. None of it. Like because when you think of a rap battle, like the true form of a rap battle. Yeah. Like that's. It's grimy. It's dirty, and it's it's don't take it personal, but when it's personal it does yeah it get it yeah it's not meant to be taken personal but it gets it to, for sure probably I'm gets Puerto it. Rican I've been eating beans all my life for <laughs> real <laughs> yeah dude Fla- the thing I've always my issue with flawless when I went back and listened to his music was I thought the production that he was going over on stuff before rhythm and flow just didn't I, I don't know it just didn't quite fit for me but I think I think going forward he's in a much better spot to like work with some higher end producers and, yeah. and people that can really kind of get hone in on his sound because I think he more of like like you like much of more just of a spitter but he showed a lot of different he could wear a bunch of different hats in that show yeah which is which and is I cool. like I like I like the boom bap stuff but I any other new stuff he's doing I could rap on any of those beats easy I like him and I like new school stuff I like Dave East I like J. Cole I like Kendrick but my preferred area is is the boom bap chopping sample stuff, you know. Yeah. But I mean, where I get to branch out is is features, and I, I like featuring with people, and it gives me a chance to really, you know, work on different beats. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, so so you mentioned you like Dave East, you like Cole, and you like Kendrick. Uh, a bunch of other people. I like Pusha T. I was about yeah, I was about to ask you who else you else you fabulous Jadakiss. A bunch of other people. I like I like the game. How, how did you feel about the game's new album? I thought it was good. I like the stainless track with Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack, big Anderson Pack. I think Pack it's guy. good. I don't see. I don't know why people are so mad that it bricked, <laughs> it flopped. I again, I just felt like again we're going back to like an older conversation. It's a little long, and there's at least five or six songs I could probably do without. I, the game's always had an over reliance on features. That I mean, is, you true look as at well. you look at his. He dropped the documentary too, right? And what he did was he dropped two and then two point five at the same time. And 2.5, both of these have around 20 tracks. 19 of the 20 tracks in Documentary 2.5 have features on them. Yeah. That, that's a lot of people. That's a lot Plus, of people. Documentary 2 already has a bunch of features on it. More than right. 75% of the project has Will features Will I Am on was on it. it. Kendrick was on it. I can't remember who else, like, off the top of my head. But there was, yeah, he had, he had quite a few features on that. Yeah. 
And I don't know if it's I don't know if that's what he does. And he's talked about it before. He's talked about saying like if you credit if you help at all, if you if you help me with write the hook or whatever, you're getting a feature on this song. So I don't know if I don't know what the what the case about that is, but he's he's got an over reliance on features, I think. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with that too. I, I also just felt like the, the album was a little long. Uh, I'm a big Pusha guy. Love yeah. Pusha. I think he's one of the King Push. <laughs> oh, he's one of the best. One of the best in, in in the biz for sure. I I completely agree. Yeah. I I'm actually a huge Anderson Pack. I know he's not really a rapper per se, but even he can rap. I just don't think he makes. When when Dr. Dre's Compton came out, I swear that should change my life. Really, <laughs> you, you like? I, I love that album too. I think because that was the first time yeah. I heard Anderson. You know. Yep. And. uh me too, actually. I hadn't, I hadn't heard him before yeah. that either. First time I heard King Mez, too, even though he kind of faded into obscurity. He was just on the Dreamville, though, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't he was? He? I think he King was on... King Mez? I think so. I think he was on... God, I can't remember the title. He's track, on the but... intro track to Compton. Talk about it. Yep, he is. Yep, he's on that one. And then he's on... That's one of my favorite songs. I like um, All, uh, Falls, All Falls On Me. I yeah. like that track quite a bit. And then really liked, actually, to be honest, the closing, Talking to My Diary, is one of but, my favorites. But, like, that album, Compton, there's two songs that don't have features on them. And one's the intro, and one's Talking to My Diary. Talking to My Diary. Yeah, that's it. So, I, I'm, I, I will say this about that album, is that's a soundtrack, so I can kind of yeah. see that. Not to give that excuse, per se, but Dr. Dre still called it his his album you know still waiting on detox <laughs> serious i don't think we're ever getting i <laughs> no, don't think I, w- I think i think that was detox and i'm fine with it yeah i i don't i don't see dre giving us another another album and then which is again like i'm said i'm yeah. fine with that too i it seems to me like he's kind of done i didn't really isn't really producing that much lately either i mean he hasn't been doing any of eminem's new stuff and not the game's new stuff i don't know if i'm not mistaken kendrick maybe he did yeah, well, he, oh, he did just do Pax last year. Did do Ken, some Kendrick on um, Good Kid, Mad City, but yeah, Dre, Dre, I mean, Dre is yeah one of the best ever. I mean, him and Andre Three Thousand, both those guys, both Dre's. So, um, so if I like, what are you listening to right now? If I go into your Apple, oh, you're an Apple or Spotify guy? Apple, Apple. Oh, see, good man, I'm an Apple guy too. <laughs> If I go into your Apple uh, Music playlist, what am I what am I finding? Um, I think I just listened to. I've been getting into Static Selector recently. A bunch Static of his Selector's stuff. Awesome. He's damn. I didn't realize he was as good. Not recent. In the last couple of months, I've realized how good Static is. I know he's a good producer, but I didn't realize he was actually able to for his own albums. It's it's awesome. His own his own albums. They're they're hot. They're good. I haven't gotten into his stuff. Per, like his like um he's like a he's stuff. like a ninth wonder and a just blaze put together does that make any sense yeah it does he's I, got I like he's wonder. got like the vocal samples and, and and the weird drum places but then he's got the atmospheric sort of orchestrated stuff of just blaze and that just fits so well yeah i i both those producers I'm huge fans of I've always loved just blaze and ninth wonder if you're an old if you're really a hip hop head you yeah, like you like Ninth Wonder. Yeah, you know, I think Ninth Wonder. I think sometimes the vocal samples he chooses can be a little overbearing on the song. I can see that. Yeah, so, sometimes that. it can be a little loud, and you can't really focus on what the rapper's saying. That's just. But me. I, I overall enjoy him. Yeah, he's like great. Crazy, that's awesome. So, 
Awesome. So the new album, again titled Maximum Carnage. Maximum Carnage. So we got that is now available and check that out on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere, everywhere right now. Hero is here. He's got, so so. What shows you got coming up for 2020? Anything anything um, that the people should uh, should hear before before you before you uh, dip out of here? I don't got anything booked in 2020 yet. Nothing in 2020. Nothing. But I mean, it shit happens so fast, you know. Yeah. So follow him on Instagram at Hero Rapping. That's me. Correct. And uh, you know, be on the lookout for any shows that he's doing soon. And I'm sure we'll re- repost in anything and and definitely get yeah. out to see you again, dude. Because like I said, you were awesome live. Any like old school hip hop heads out there to go see this man, and you you would be very very wise in doing so. So um, anyway, yeah. So go stream the stream the album. Check this guy out on Instagram. Hero, thank you so much for coming by, bro. This was no great problem. chopping it up with uh, some old school stuff. And, I'll be back. I'll be back again. Well, dude, you got to come out to the uh, to the new studio once it's all done. Yeah. And have, we'd love to have you back. Dope. For another for another for another uh, conversation, dude. This has been awesome. All right, guys. So without further ado, I'm Mike. We are the Turntable Teachers, and class is dismissed.